Meanwhile, in another layer of the universe altogether, a scruffy figure in a dressing gown is about to be bitten very hard on the thigh. Excuse me, can you direct me to the information desk, please? Lance, call for the Arcturus shuttle at gate 127. Passengers, please follow the slime trail to gate 127 for the Arcturus shuttle. Eden by. Thank you. The planet of Nawat had been named after the first words of the earliest settlers to arrive there, after struggling across light years of the galaxy. The main town was called Owell. There weren't any other towns to speak of. Settlement there had not been a success. Train team to gate 208, please. A bog hog is loose in Terminal 5. Eden by. In an economy based almost entirely on revenge, the major activities pursued on Nawat were those of catching, skinning and eating Nawatian bog hogs, which were the only form of animal life on Nawat, all other having long ago died of despair. The bog hogs are tiny, vicious creatures, and the small margin by which they fall short of being completely inedible was the margin by which life on the planet subsisted. Excuse me, could you tell me where the information desk is? Good Lord. The main trade on Nawat was in the skins of the Nawatian bog hog, but it wasn't successful because no one in their right minds would want to buy one. Making clothing out of a bog hog skin was an exercise in futility, since they were unaccountably thin and leaky. So what was the bog hog's secret of keeping warm? If anyone had ever learnt the language of the bog hogs, they would have discovered that there was no trick. The bog hogs were as cold and wet as anyone else on the planet. No one had had the slightest desire to learn the language of the bog hogs for the simple reason that these are creatures whose only form of communication is through biting each other very hard on the thigh. I've got him, I've got him there. He's heading for that boring looking human in the dressing gown. Ah, ah, my thigh. Ah. That really hurt. What was that? Your bog hog. They do that. Arthur Dent has been in some hell holes in his life, but never before in a spaceport with a sign saying, even travelling despondently is better than arriving here. To welcome visitors, the arrivals hall features a picture of the president of Nawat smiling. It was taken shortly after he shot himself, so although the photo has been retouched, the smile it wears is rather a ghastly one. The side of his head has been drawn back in, in crayon. The truth is that no one wants to be president of Nawat, there is only one ambition which anyone on the planet ever has, and that is to leave. Good morning. Yes? Um, my name is Arthur Dent. I hitched a ride on a robot freighter bound for these coordinates, expecting to find a planet called Earth. And instead, I found a planet called Now What? And this thing ran up and bit me in the thigh. A bone, Yes, yes, they do that. What coordinates are on the flight plan? ZZ9 plural Z alpha. Well, those are the coordinates of now, what? You've arrived. Welcome. Eat and buy. The thing is, you see, the shapes of the continents, everything really tells me that this is definitely the Earth. But it most definitely is not. And my hitchhiker's guide doesn't work very well here, so I can't find out what's going on. Look. The hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Anything that's in happening causes something else to happen. See? One planet may look like another and occupy the same coordinates in space-time, but what coordinates it occupies in probability is anybody's guess. <sighs> but it's taken me a year to get here. I'm looking for somebody. Somebody I met on the Earth. Here. Or oh, it was here. Lost on a hyperspace jump, was she? Yes. That's right. Her name was... Fenchurch. Female of your species. Good grief, yes. One minute, 
She was sitting next to you in a slump jet out of Prillium Town. The next minute, the ship did a normal hyperspace hop, and she was gone. Her name wasn't even on the passenger list. Hang on a minute. You've tried every space line office between here and Ursa Minor looking for her. Now, finally, you thought you'd try going back to the place you first met her. Surely you haven't. No. Sorry. Haven't seen her. So how? I'm a telepath. I can read your mind. Uh, and in answer to your current thought, I don't have the time to go and tie not in my reproductive organs. Oh. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Evidently, no one has explained this to you properly. Where's your ticket? Here. She originated in Galactic Sector ZZ9 Plural Z Alpha, yeah? Now, check the small print on the back of the ticket. Entities whose lifespans originate in any of the plural zones are advised not to travel in hyperspace and do so at their own risk. Please do not eat this ticket. Hmm. You need to be careful, too. It can happen to you. I wish it would. I know. You would like a cup of tea. You have tea? No, I was just noting the fact that you would like one, whatever it is. Oh. Look, in the absence of your planet, I suggest you find somewhere to come to terms with your loss. A place to stay. A hotel room? Good grief, not here. Not if you value your sanity, no. But your luck's in, because I'm also a resettlement officer. So, what sort of thing are you looking for? Um, before we start, are you likely to suggest a place called Stavromula Beta? Something very nasty happens to you on Stavromula Beta. Yes, but how... Oh, ah, right. Um, I don't want to be anthropic, but I'd quite like to live somewhere where the people look vaguely like me. Sort of human. Mm. Got any skills? A trade? Oh dear, not really. I came from a world which had cars and computers and ballet and armagnacs, but left to my own devices, I couldn't build a toaster. I can just about make a sandwich and that's it. I finance my travel by donating to tissue banks. Yeah. It's amazing there's this much of me left, frankly. Right. Simple culture, low unemployment, picnic food. Uh... Yeah, try this. Bottle down? It's got oxygen, it's got green hills, it's got sliced bread, and the people look like you. Looks a bit boring. I'm sorry, I was down by appearances. Look, there's a whole galaxy of stuff out there. Think about it. I know, I do. The trouble is that this particular incarnation of the galaxy seems to lack two things. The world I was born on and the woman I love. Actually, what I really need is, well, guidance and advice. I did look them up on the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Under guidance, it said, see under advice. Under advice, it said, see under guidance. It's been doing a lot of that kind of stuff recently. Well, why don't you try Hovalius? It's populated entirely by oracles and soothsayers, and has really excellent bathroom facilities. It could be just what you're looking for. Brochure? Hmm. Thanks. I'm sorry this is the wrong planet. Really, I am. Eat and bite. Oh, it's the right planet, all right. Right planet, wrong universe. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has, in what we laughingly call the past, had a great deal to say on the subject of parallel universes. Very little of this is, however, at all comprehensible to anyone below the level of advanced god. And since it is now well established that all known gods came into existence a good three millionths of a second after the universe began, rather than, as they usually claim, the previous week, they already have a great deal of explaining to do as it is, and are therefore not available for comment on matters of deep physics at this time. Anything that, in happening, causes something else to happen, causes something else to happen. The first thing to realize about parallel universes, the guide says, is that they are not parallel. Neither are they, strictly speaking, universes either. Any given universe is not actually a thing as such but just a way of looking at what is technically known as the WSOGMM, or Whole Sort of General Mishmash. 
The whole sort of general mishmash doesn't actually exist either, but it is the sum total of all the different ways there would be of looking at it if it did. You can slice the whole sort of general mishmash any way you like, and you will generally come up with something that someone will call home. There is, for example, the earth that Arthur Dent grew up on, where he once met a girl called Tricia McMillan at a party in Islington, and had her snatched away by Zaphod Beeblebrox, a tall man with very broad shoulders, on each of which was a head, one perfectly visible, the other camouflaged under a birdcage with a tea towel flung over it. Hold the phone! This is a face in a million. Does perfection have another name? Tricia McMillan. Tricia McMillian. Billion. Trillion. <laughs> Kid, if I followed you home, would you keep me? Mm, I'd rather go somewhere else. You want excitement, adventure, really wild things? What do you have in mind? Twice as much as the other guy, because when Zarkon made you, baby, he made a laser beam. He did? He did. And he set you on stun. Freeow! I grow back my third arm for you. Ooh. Oh, baby, you make me see stars. How about I show you some planets? Hey, I've got a doctorate in astrophysics. Be careful what you promise. It's nothing I can't deliver, angel lips. What say we make like allosimanium polar bears and break the ice? Will I need to get my back? Now we got to go before you have to be back in heaven. Eddie! Beam us up! If you're in the mood, to attitude! That particular Earth was demolished by the Vogons as part of an intergalactic traffic calming initiative. And Arthur and Tricia, or Trillian, were the only human survivors. After several adventures, that particular Trillian became a successful intergalactic reporter for the Sidereal Daily Mentioner. However, on yet another parallel Earth in the whole sort of general mishmash, a blonder, more American-sounding Tricia McMillan utterly failed to get off with Zaphod Beeblebrox at a party in Islington. The precise connection between that event and the fact that Tricia McMillan's particular Earth...